Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so glad that you decided to tune in today. Again, we are so excited to have you here, and I'm so excited about my guest today, Stephanie Olson. I know that we're going to have an awesome time listening to her today, talking about human trafficking, which is a great subject and an important subject, and I think that listeners really need to understand the importance of what we need to know and how to prevent human trafficking and how to help others. And so I want to welcome you today, Stephanie. How are you today? Thank you. I am <laughs> great. Thank you for having me. You, uh, you're more than welcome. I was just so excited to have you today. And I know that the listeners are too. So I want to let the listeners know a little bit about you. Uh, Stephanie, she's an author. Uh, she's the chief executive officer of Set Me Free Project, a prevention education organization on human trafficking. She's a social media expert and a healthy relationships coach. Uh, Stephanie has a mission to reach uh, people that have intrinsic value that cannot be changed. Her work on teaching resilience in life and leadership has inspired people across the United States. Um, She's now a sought after speaker. She runs a successful nonprofit organization and loves to talk to audiences of all kinds, whether faith-based or not, but she's inspiring, encouraging, and brings hope everywhere she speaks. Wow, Uh, I sound awesome, don't I? (laughs) Yes, yes. And, and you know, this part I love right here is she uh, lived uh, live years with um, parent abandonment, eating disorders, alcoholism, domestic and sexual violence, and she overcame through determination, faith, and resilience. And I know that there are a lot of listeners that are on today that have experienced a lot of those things as well. And so we welcome her today and and just an honor to have you today. So we welcome you again, Stephanie. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a mom of three kids, um, one adult. I've got a 20-year-old who lives in New York, and I've got a 17-year-old girl senior and a 15-year-old sophomore boy, um, (laughs) a supportive husband, and a cute little furry lab. And so life is really it's busy. Um, And then I run this organization and, and I just, I, I love being able to um, really talk to people about, um, you know, doing the best they can in life. And um, especially that we've got um, a God who loves us and Mm -hmm. just, there's so much. Yes. 
Yes, yes. You know, um, I have a life coaching business and that's one of my things is just, you know, empowering people to maximize their life potential while they are here on earth and however unique way that God uses us in order to be our best us. We don't have to be like anybody else. That is right. (laughs) You know, we we don't have to be like everybody else. You know, God has created us uniquely enough that we can make an impact on others just by being ourselves. And so that's very very important, you know, (laughs) but I love the work that you are doing. You do so uh, much work, not just in human trafficking, you do other things as well, but today we're focusing on human trafficking and I just love the work that you're doing regarding it. Um, And I was a sexual abuse victim as a child and on several occasions. And I believe that it's a a very important topic for everyone. Um, But for those that may not know, would you tell the human, um, the listeners what human trafficking is? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Human trafficking is literally the buying and selling of human beings. It's for the personal profit or gain of another. And so that means that there's a trade of value. So that could be money, that could be media, that could be drugs, it could be a place to stay, anything of value traded for a human being. And it's through force, fraud, or coercion. So that's how it does. Human trafficking takes three people, um, the buyer, the seller, and the individual being trafficked. And a lot of times we have this misconception of what human trafficking is. We, we think of the movie Taken, we think of (laughs) kidnapping and shipping overseas. And that's what we hear a lot about because it's sensational. But the reality is the majority of human trafficking is happening by building relationships and it's happening online through social media. Wow. And, you know, um, when you when you mentioned that, I also thought about uh, I watched one of the um, border controls uh, TV shows. And Mm -hmm. I also saw with that that. humans would pay, I mean, they would pay to be trafficked across overseas, you know, from different uh, countries as well. So that is a part of it as well, isn't it? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. It, it, it certainly is. And I think there's, there's a lot of different kinds of, you know, human trafficking is all the buying and selling of human, human beings. And there's a bunch of different kinds. So there's sex trafficking, there's labor trafficking, which is Um, buying and selling of the human being for work could be domestic Mm -hmm. agriculture, but Mm -hmm. there's also, you know, organ harvesting, there's child soldiers, there's things that happen mostly overseas. Um, But what we see most often domestically is that, um, that deception and that fraud and coercion piece. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. So who's at risk for human trafficking? Yeah. Excellent question. So We have seen trafficking happen from infants to senior citizens. And so what I would say is we are all at risk for human trafficking, but the true targets are um, youth and young adults. That's Mm -hmm. what we see most often. And so we, with our work, we actually talk to, we have a curriculum from third grade through college age for youth, because that is... um, that is a, a very high risk factor. And um, then traffickers go after the vulnerable. 
So mm -hmm. any vulnerable population is at risk for human trafficking. And that could be um, kiddos in the foster care system, that could be kiddos in juvenile justice, but that could also be kiddos who are on social media and they're posting things like, oh, I'm so mad at my mom today. And so the risk factor opens up tremendously um, with, with access to social media. Wow. Yes, because that's, uh, you know, I think about the different social media sites that even my nieces and nephews are on and how you have to really guard and kind of protect and watch what, yes. you know, they are looking at. And, you know, ever since I had been in college, I, you know, I've always uh, had a special love for the youth and just a gift for the youth and just want to protect them in all types of ways, especially being able to experience sexual abuse. You want to try to protect them, yeah. you know, so that they're not at risk. But could you give us some information on how we could protect our kids from being trafficked? As Absolutely. Well? You know, I think one of the, the key things, education is obviously so critical to this topic. Um, and our organization is all about stopping trafficking before it starts. And the foundation of that is that understanding that our kids and us as well have an intrinsic value and worth that cannot be changed. That's got to be the bottom line mm -hmm. that our kids really walk away from all of our interactions, recognizing they have value. And that's just because they are who they are. And I think when we start there, we open the door to conversations, to being a safe adult for them. And those things are so important. Now that's kind of the foundation, but there are some real uh, tools that we can utilize to help keep our kiddos safe. So one of those would be being very diligent about um, monitoring their social media. Uh, we are, I think, parents, we're kind of the first generation of parents who are parenting kids who have only known a life with mm -hmm. social media. They have never known a life without it. You know, the idea right. that we used to actually have this thing on the wall with a cord is foreign to them. I mean, they, they, <laughs> yeah. don't, they don't get that. And so it's really being very diligent about helping our kids safely navigate social media. It's not going away. We right. know it's here to stay. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to do as parents is learn as much as possible. That's where hopefully we come in. We do a lot of parent presentations and really help parents, you know, because our kids are a step ahead of us when it comes to social media. Yes, so they are. <laughs> very challenging. Yes. But we need to be monitoring what they're doing. And so I say it's important to have social or to have media checks, random media checks, grab all their media at once. Because if you leave some behind, they're great deleters. We want to grab all of their media at one time and then spend time going through that and looking at their texts, looking at their social media, looking at their history, their, their navigation history and all of the things they're doing. And that sounds very invasive, but our job is to make sure that we are um, growing strong amazing adults that are alive. That's yes. really, I mean, that's what we want to do. And so that takes a lot of work and um, 
and it takes a lot of time. So that's one of the things I say that we can do to really help our kiddos navigate that safely. Um, we want to teach them what it means to know somebody on mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. We have, um, that, that sounds so obvious to us. And actually when you ask kids, what does it mean to know someone? They will tell you it means that you have a face-to-face interaction with them. You have experienced life with them in person, but then when you say, okay, so a friend of a friend asks to follow you on social media is that okay? Their response is going to be, yeah, I trust uh-huh. my friend. <laughs> yeah. So it's really helping kids understand that we don't want to put all of our junk out there so that some random person can know everything we're doing and where we are at all times. And it's helping kids understand that. And it's also helping kids understand that um, they get to say no. It's about consent. So at a very young age, I think sometimes when we hear the word consent, we think sexual consent, and that's not what we need Mm -hmm. to talk about at a young age. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about, it's okay if somebody comes in for a big hug and you're not comfortable hugging them, you get to say, oh no, I'm, I'm not a hugger. Thank you. I'll give you a fist pump (laughs) or whatever it is, but teaching kids that they get to say no to somebody touching their body, good or bad touch. So those are some of the, the key things that really help our kiddos stay safe from something like trafficking or somebody who wants to do them harm. That's great. And, you know, I was thinking about my nephew. He's uh, in middle school now, but even when he was younger, we were in the mall and it was actually somebody that we knew. And, um, you know, they had came up to him and like he was a baby and they reached out to touch him and he pulled his hand back. You know, ah, and we good. and we watched, you know, we watched that because I don't I don't even think he was maybe two or three years old. Wow. But but um I really believe that youth have that intrinsic sense when something's not right. That's good. Yes. Yeah. And so we me and my sister talked about it and said he's never done that with anybody before. Mm. And so I think it's so important that we pay attention to our youth, even you know, how they react around certain people. And yeah. uh, and that's so great what you said because it is important to let them know it's okay to say no um mm-hmm. for someone who is invading their space. Right. You know, exactly. and it's and you know, it's not that you're offending that individual, but you're protecting who you are as well. That's right. And we have so often taught each other and in our society and our kids that it is rude. You know, if somebody comes in for a hug, (laughs) it's rude to not hug them back. And um, people who want to do our kids harm take advantage of that because then it goes on to a different level and it becomes, well, now I want you to do this. And if you're uncomfortable, that's too bad. And you don't have, we call them, we call them consent muscles. You know, we want to teach our kids to build their consent muscles so that if somebody wants to do them harm, they have the ability and the strength to say, no, I'm not going to do that. I have value Mm -hmm. and I am not going to be a part of what you want me to do. 
Yes, that's that's great. Well, you know, after the commercial break, we're going to talk a little bit more about steps that we can as adults can do um, to uh, keep our youth safe from human trafficking. So after the break, we're going to come back and talk about that a little bit more. All right. We'll be we'll see you right back. Did you know that prayer affirmations could change your life? Speaking God's word over your life is a tested and proven method to manifest God's will for you. Dr. Tiffany Watkins has created a prayer affirmation book for women and men that combines prayer, meditation, and affirmations to help you achieve your goals and draw you closer to God. In this eye-opening book, you will be able to pray healing affirmations prayers, angelic visitation prayers, wealth affirmation prayers, wisdom affirmation prayers, and so much more. Biblical Prayer Affirmations for the Supernatural is a short but powerful read. It will allow you to set the right atmosphere for supernatural breakthroughs to occur. So get ready to pave the way for God's intervention by declaring these prayers over your life. Don't wait. Get your copy on Amazon today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We are so glad to be back. And again, we are talking about human trafficking with Stephanie. And we've been talking about some awesome things that we can do to protect our youth and to learn what human trafficking is. And before the commercial break, we had talked about taking some steps to make sure our youth are safe from human trafficking. So, Stephanie, if you could give us a little bit more information about how we can make our youth safe from human trafficking. You bet. I, I think it's important that our kiddos understand what human trafficking looks like and what it doesn't. I think a lot of us really think about, and we see these memes all over social media, whatever you do, don't park next to a white van because the door's <laughs> yes. gonna open in, or, oh my gosh, this person was following me all around. And, and understanding that, yes, that can happen, but it doesn't happen very often. And what traffickers do is take our youth or young adults through the grooming process. So they target them, they build trust, they fill a need, and then they isolate. And that isolation doesn't doesn't mean they're in a basement somewhere by themselves. It usually means the same thing that you would see in a um, abusive relationship. So now you've got this, maybe it's a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they're saying, hey, you know, your friends that used to be around, they're not around anymore because I'm the only one who cares about you. And your parents, your parents are so controlling. I would never treat you like that. And so they isolate them and they sexualize them as a product and then they maintain control. So that's the grooming process with human trafficking. And one of the number one places that it happens is social media. One of the mm -hmm. top five places that it happens is in schools. Wow. Yeah, and so when we understand that and how it is happening, that changes everything. So it is important that our kiddos know um, what human trafficking looks like, 
and what it doesn't look like. And it's important that we as parents understand or anyone who works with youth, whether it's parents, grandparents, teachers, youth pastors, whatever it is, that we understand what it looks like and Mm -hmm. what it doesn't so that we can help our kids see the signs and know exactly what they need to do. Education is, is absolutely key in that. You know, I was sitting here thinking, even as you were talking, um, I kind of knew it would be more of a, them at risk online. But when you mentioned schools, uh, yeah. that kind of just uh, made me think. Could you tell me a little bit about that with even yeah. the school? Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Um, there was uh, a, this. This happens all the time, but there was a specific example of a young student. So he was a senior in high school, really popular, and he was recruiting, which is, you know, the luring of individuals to be trafficked and selling. Wow. Right out of the football game every Friday night. Whoa. And so this, this is, this can happen or, or, uh, young girl is talking to another friend and saying, Hey, um, this is what I got this new coach bag. I've got this new, I can help you get those things. Let's, let's work to, you know, and so it is a lot of times people recruiting have been victimized themselves. Right, Right. And so we see this cycle, but it happens anywhere that youth are. Mm. And that just makes you, you, you're on even more alert, you know, you are alert as adults, but you know, you just can't take your guard down. You always have to be, you have to be alert. Yeah. Let me tell you one more story actually. (laughs) So, and, and I think we often have this mindset that human trafficking has to have some transportation involved. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. We Mm -hmm. had, there was a young girl who was in high school she was going to school every day. She was a straight eight student and she would come home after school, do her homework. And she was getting sold every night by her quote unquote boyfriend and living at home. Mom and dad had no idea. Oh, wow. We had a situation in a school where one of the students was trafficking the kiddos and one of the teachers was the buyer. And so no. it can look like so <laughs> many things. It's just horrifying. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So with that being said, how can we teach our youth to be on guard against potential risk of human trafficking? Yeah. Well, I think we need to be honest about what it is and what it's not. Um, we love to help in that, that area. Um, we love to be directly in the classroom and we travel and um, we talk to youth about what's going and on and what's not. And for those of us who, for those of agencies that are at a distance from us, um, we also um, have an opportunity to, we can teach you and we sell our curriculum, we sell our, mm-hmm. what we call our model and we can teach you to do what we do and how we do it. Um, and really support you throughout the year. And then oh, great. because one of the things that we do, I think with youth, this is key to teaching these things. You can teach something like this with a lot of fear. 
like human trafficking mm-hmm. is bad. Yeah. Don't get trafficked. You know, that's, yeah. that's not going to help. Right. <laughs> but what we do is we bring a lot of humor. We bring, despite the topic, we always say we take our topics very seriously, but we don't take ourselves very seriously. Right. And, um, you know, a lot of engagement, a lot of fun, because you can have a great curriculum. And if you present it wrong, especially with those kiddos, it's going to go nowhere. Um, but I think that is the key. Letting kids know about this topic, being a safe adult so they can ask questions. Um, one of the things I always tell parents is when our kids come to us with something really big, we can really do a disservice to our kids if we go crazy right then. You know, oh, yes, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Say, don't react, react mm-hmm. inside, go crazy inside. And, but, we, but don't let them see it. Don't let them see it. <laughs> they will never come back, right? Right. <laughs> and so we need to believe them. We need to listen. Um, you know, thank you for sharing that. Now, that doesn't mean there's not consequences later if there's something wrong. But at that moment, we need to be someone that they trust enough to tell those things to so that they will come back and continue those conversations. Yes. And I think that's very important even to get that information, you know, cause I'm going to look and basically try to get some of that information too, because again, I work with a lot of youth and it was funny when you were saying that um, we can instill fear in our young people. And so when it really started becoming prevalent on the news and um, it was really being broadcasted because actually, if I'm not mistaken, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but human trafficking has been going on for a while, oh. but it's just now starting to, you know, yeah. really be in, um, in the forefront. That's and right. So it's like That's a right. fear, fear, fear factor with it, which we should be on guard. So yeah. I remember taking our youth to um, an event. And when we got in, I said, we're going to stay close together. We're going to be in here. If you see a white van, you know, you need to get in the car, you know, the same white van, you know, thing. You know, like, so my nephew's like, why? So nobody won't traffic us? And I was like, yes. You know? <laughs> and I said, you know, he would come to the house and, you know, they would stay over here. And I said, if you're outside and, you know, I watch him outside sometimes or I sit on the porch, but we have cameras in the house. And so I'll yeah. look on it. And I said, if you see any sign of a van or a car or anything slowing down, you run in the house you know so that's and so but it kind of put a fear in it so yeah you know we need to be able to um you know share it with the youth so that they have it to where they're able um to react in the right way right. we should be able to teach them so that it's fun you know the curriculum right. that i did i um, taught teen pregnancy prevention for years mm-hmm. and yeah. we used um scientific based approaches in yep. order to get the youth to be able to say no or to be able to protect themselves or whatever. Right. And it's the same thing from what you're saying. It, it's critical thinking. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to critically think about, okay, this is going to be safe. This is not going to be safe because we can tell them don't do it all we want. And it's <laughs> usually going to make them do the opposite. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. It's like, go ahead and do it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, good. so how can we protect our children um, from the dangers of exploitation on social media? You know, my nieces mm-hmm. and nephews are here all the time on their phones, on their iPads. So how can we um, protect them? You know, that is, that's a great question. And I think, again, it goes back to having those conversations consistently. Um, 
being that uh, being that safe adult that they can come to with questions and walking through their social media with them. So, you know, so tell me about this person that you're that's following you. Oh, you you don't know them? Well, are you sure that's someone that you want following you? And I think that those are the conversations we have to have in order for um them really to understand what it means to be safe on social media, what it means to be protected, because it's really important to understand too. I've heard parents say, well, I'm just not going to give my kid a phone and they're not going to have access to social media until they're 30 years old. Wow. And I say, I say, <laughs> they'll this. find it some way. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. All they need is a burner phone. Mm-hmm. All they need is access to Wi-Fi, and they have access to social media. And so instead of saying you're not doing it at all, let them do it while they're under your roof so that you can teach them what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Teach them that, that they have value. And so if somebody asks them to send a nude photo, for example, their response is gonna be like, uh, I'm not doing that because <laughs> I have respect for, you know, there's all of those things. And I really do think it's just about those conversations about, um, just really being there and then being a part of that, that part of their life so that they can come to you with those questions. That's awesome. And, you know, I was thinking about that as well and what you were saying and to think about, I was like, think about our social media and the friends that we have and, you know, do we know yeah. everyone? Exactly. You know, if we don't know everyone that is a friend, it may have been a friend of a friend because we say, oh, we look at it and on, on they asking us to be a friend. But you look at it, well, they're friends with my friends, so That's they got to right. be okay. <laughs> that is exactly right. We, we also need to be very um, cognizant of what we're doing on social media. Same thing with how many of us take those first day of school photos with our kids in front of the school line. Yes. And now if I'm following you and you don't, I, you don't know me. I'm not going to go, I'm, I'm going to find out exactly what your kiddo looks like, how old they are, where they go to school. Now I know their schedule because that's online. And I am not going to go kidnap your kiddo from school. I'm going to go build a relationship. And then this kiddo is going to trust me. And it's going to be very different than what we fear, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, um, how do they do that? You know, as far as trying to build a relationship, if they don't know you and they yeah. see that on social media. Well, with kids, it's, um, it's not at all foreign to have somebody befriend them on social media. Okay. In fact, kids are doing, there's a big thing now that is, I mean, it's been going on for a while, but I want an internet best friend. And that is something they want. They want a friend who is just a friend on social media that they don't know in person because that person can be extremely objective. Mm -hmm. So they don't have that same mindset that we might, where if, you know, some random person connected with us on social media and then started talking to us, we might go, eh, that's a little weird, but this is commonplace for Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so you've got somebody who is just, oh my gosh, I love your photo. Oh, that's great. You look awesome in that shirt. And just this very subtle, I, I, I had a young gal who was connected with somebody on social media because they liked the same stuff. They were interested mm-hmm. in the same social media things. And over a year's time, it was, oh, I like that. I like that art piece or I like that. And, and after a year, they started having conversation like, oh, where do you live? What oh, do you know? wow. And after another year, they started dating, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then it turned um, nefarious. And so it can be that grooming process can happen mm-hmm. over a very long time. I've heard predators are, are they're patient, you know, very patient, <laughs> very patient. Yes. Skillful and, and patient. They are. Know? And they can be because there's so many targets that they are victimizing. So I can take a lot of time. One of the things I say to, um, to people is, so I could kidnap you after I'm not going to, but I could kidnap you right Mm -hmm. after our interview, throw you into my white van, drug you and sell you. Mm -hmm. And then I ask, are you going to be a good product for me? No, because you're afraid you're drugged. It's not going to work well for me. However, let's say I become the mom you've never had. Mm-hmm. And I build a relationship with you and I fill your needs, maybe physical needs. I give you a place to stay. I give you clothes. I give you food. Maybe I give you that love that you feel you've never had. And, um, and we have trust and you respect me. And then after a year's time, I say, you know what? We're struggling we need to pay rent. And, and I just need you to do this one thing, one time, maybe three times. That's it. Mm. Now, are you going to be a good product for me? Right. Right. Yeah. Because you trust me, mm-hmm. you love me. And now you think you've chosen this. And so it changes everything. Wow. And that's why it's so important that as caregivers that we make sure that are especially teenagers because they're going through so much during those times the young uh, younger ones as well but teenagers that we really show how much we love them how much we care about them you know we express you know because they want to hear they're beautiful they want to hear they're doing good you know they're not always doing bad encourage the good things that they're doing because there's some people out there that will take that and run with it Absolutely. Yes. I, I always say with teenagers, you need to find those good things and then, and then help them embrace that, you know, Mm -hmm. that's so important. I love that. Yes. You know, um, it's just so key because I deal with a a lot of young men and women that have gone through homes and whether they're in gangs or, you know, um, in different issues that are going on in their home. And a lot of them, you know, the parents don't have time for them or the guardian. um, We talked about this at the break with the grandmothers. They don't know how um, to, um, they love them, but they can't monitor their social media, you know, um, all the time because they really don't know a whole lot about it. Um, And so you need it. It really takes a community to help um, raise that child, especially when you have a grandparent there, you need somebody else that can help 
the grandparent help um, the other child. So I think that's so important because they need the most help because a lot of them are staying with grandparents now. Absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, one of the things that traffickers do is um, they also groom the families. And so if you've got, there was a story of very same situation. Grandparent was raising all the kids, was absolutely exhausted. And the trafficker moved in, started building a relationship Mm. and the grandma. And then, you know what, let me take her for a while because you're, you're exhausted. You're doing all. So it is really important that we, I always say traffickers build amazing relationships. We need to build better ones and traffickers have incredible networks. We need to have bigger ones. Yes. Yes. so important that that the only way prevention really works is if the community as Mm -hmm. a whole is educated and informed and on that same trajectory of protection for our youth that's amazing and it takes funds it takes resources you know it takes all of that in order to protect our youth and we we have to get to that point Right. If we want to be effective in that, and it's right. going to take a community. It's, it it's going to take a community. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing with us today on the podcast. It has been an awesome, awesome episode. And I know that listeners, you have heard um, some great information. You know, I could just go on and on with the questions, but you can kind of go to her website and get her information. Um, so how can listeners get in touch with you, Stephanie, to know more about what you do and if they want to get resources? Absolutely. Well, they can go to our website at setmefreeproject.net. And I welcome questions. And um, so feel free to email me at Stephanie. S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E at setmefreeproject.net and we would, or info at set me, that's easier to spell probably, <laughs> but we welcome any questions or um, we would love to um, come to your community or work with agencies in your community. And we also do a lot virtually. So especially parent and community presentations, we can do those via Zoom. And so we just would love to connect Love to be a part of, of your world and help you as parents and community members in any way we can. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And listeners, make sure to be on guard. Watch what your youth are doing. Um, join together as a community where are, wherever you are and let's help to prevent human trafficking in whatever form or fashion it may be. And the first step to do that is to get knowledgeable about the issue. And Stephanie has given us this information today to be knowledgeable. And you can also go to her website as well to get a whole lot of information so that we can take it back to our churches, so that we can take it back to our families, and that we could come up with a plan individually in our homes on how to protect our youth. So I encourage you to go and get that information on Stephanie's website site and also leave comments on this podcast episode. And if you have any questions, again, she said that she would be willing to answer any questions that you may have. So thank you again. It was such an honor to have you today, Stephanie, just talking with us and giving us more information about human trafficking. I loved it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. All right, guys, we will talk again soon.
Have a blessed day. God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.